0: It's Tuesday, October 15th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill are pouring over lengthy group texts and calling in Trump administration officials for marathon heart-to-hearts. It's the impeachment inquiry on speed, and they'd like to wrap all this up before Thanksgiving, please. Then, what should have been a pretty boring soccer match last night ended up causing international outrage. And finally, why some students in California are getting the chance to hit snooze. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by CarMax, the way it should be. The most complicated story today is about impeachment. Surprised? Skim This was off yesterday for Indigenous People's Day. But Capitol Hill doesn't seem to be taking any days off. So today we're gonna get into who from the Trump administration is talking now, what we're waiting for later this week, and how the 2020 presidential candidates might weigh in. Let's get into it, starting with what you may have missed over the weekend. Three people who usually move the needle behind the scenes were pushed into the spotlight when they gave depositions to three House committees, Intelligence, Foreign Affairs, and Oversight. They talked behind closed doors, but they made big news. On Friday, Marie Yovanovitch, the former ambassador to Ukraine, spoke to House lawmakers for more than nine hours. Remember, House lawmakers are trying to learn more about President Trump's call with the Ukrainian president and whether Trump withheld aid to Ukraine until they agreed to dig up dirt on former VP Joe Biden. Yovanovitch wasn't on that call, but according to reports, she told the committee that Trump had pressured the State Department to remove her from her job. Then, yesterday, lawmakers heard from Fiona Hill, who used to be the White House's top advisor on Russia. She also talked for more than nine hours. Hope they had some water. Hill told the committees that she and her boss, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, were concerned about Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, and his role in foreign policy. Hill even reported Giuliani's conduct to the top lawyer on the National Security Council. Hill testified that Bolton called Giuliani a, quote, hand grenade and likened Giuliani's shadow operations in Ukraine to a, quote, drug deal. And finally, another longtime diplomat, George Kent, a deputy assistant secretary of state and Ukraine expert, spoke to the committees today, also behind closed doors. It's still going on as we're recording today's episode, so we haven't heard anything yet. And it's unclear how long it'll take, but he came prepared. He literally brought his own huge water thermos to Capitol Hill. So that all happened in the last few days, but a lot of people are looking to later this week. That's because House lawmakers laid out a few deadlines for documents and appearances that are coming up fast. But White House officials are saying, what deadlines? They don't like how the impeachment inquiry is being handled and are still refusing to cooperate. But House investigators are banging on the door anyway, looking for documents. And they want to know a few things, like, whether the Pentagon withheld military aid to Ukraine, or what top officials in the Trump administration knew at the time. Not behind-the-scenes people, but people like acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, Energy Secretary Rick Perry, and even Vice President Mike Pence. Investigators also want to hear from Giuliani, as well as two of his associates, who were arrested last week on campaign finance charges while they were trying to flee the country. The White House is not cooperating with the impeachment inquiry, but House investigators could sue if they don't get the goods. One of those battles might be resolved without going to court. Last week, the Trump administration told the ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, that he couldn't testify. So Sondland skipped his appointment. Remember, Sondland's the guy who texted with an official at the U.S. embassy in Ukraine, The president has been crystal clear. No quid pro quos of any kind. So House lawmakers ended up serving him with a subpoena. And even though the Trump administration still doesn't want him to talk, Sondland's now saying he's game. TBD on whether he actually makes it this time. But House Dems seem willing to fight for the enforcement of these subpoenas. Here's House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff. It is hard to overstate the significance of not just Ambassador Sondland's testimony and the documents, but the testimony of others as well. Meanwhile, another place where impeachment has come up is on the campaign trail. VP Joe Biden has been getting a lot of questions about his role in the whole thing. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader, trying to intimidate a foreign leader? And tonight, at the fourth Democratic primary debate, the other candidates probably won't be able to avoid weighing in. Biden is still going to be standing center stage. But now, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren is starting to lead in some polls. Standing next to Biden will be Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who's making his first campaign appearance since he had a heart attack two weeks ago. Doctors have since implanted two stents in one of his coronary arteries. There will be 12 candidates on stage tonight, so it's going to be really crowded. We've got some more info on tonight's debate at theskim.com slash 2020. So, what's the skim? There's a lot going on in impeachment land, and the speed of the inquiry isn't expected to slow down anytime soon. House Dems are feeling the pressure to prepare articles of impeachment by Thanksgiving, which is about a month and a half away. So they're trying to hear from as many people as possible as soon as possible. Today, we heard from someone new, Joe Biden's son. Hunter Biden's work in Ukraine while his father was VP was the focus of Trump's alleged request for dirt from Ukraine. He wasn't on Capitol Hill, but, Hunter spoke out for the first time since his name got dropped in the spotlight. Here he is on ABC News this morning. You know what, I'm a human. And you know what, did I make a mistake? Well, maybe in in the grand scheme of things, yeah. But did I make a mistake based upon some ethical lapse? Absolutely not. So that might be another thing his dad is asked about at tonight's debate, which starts at 8 p.m. Eastern on CNN. Look for a full recap in the Daily Skim in your inbox tomorrow morning. You shouldn't have to be an expert negotiator to buy a used car. At CarMax, you don't have to be. There's no haggling and no pressure to buy. The price is, well, the price. And it's based on the car, not your negotiation skills. Plus, all of their cars have been carefully vetted and selected to become CarMax certified, so you can shop worry-free. Start the search for your next car on CarMax.com. CarMax, the way it should be. Hey, so did you happen to catch the England-Bulgaria game last night? The football match, or soccer for our American audience. England's men's soccer team is number four in the world, and they rolled over Bulgaria 6-0. But it's what happened in the stands that made headlines. That's because, for a good part of the game, Bulgarian fans shouted racist chants at two black players on the English team whenever they had the ball. According to reports, a section of fans dressed in black could be heard shouting, Hey, monkey! and we were seen making Nazi salutes. Refs had to stop the game twice after England's coach got upset, and at halftime, dozens of fans were kicked out. England's top football official, Greg Clark, saw it all go down. What a disappointing night. I mean, it's probably one of the most appalling nights I've seen in football. The fallout has been huge. Today, Bulgaria's top football official resigned, and Bulgaria's prime minister is stepping in to do damage control. But Bulgaria isn't the only country dealing with racism at sporting events. Over the years, some black players in Europe have had bananas thrown at them. In August, English club players said they walked off the field during a game in Spain after players from the opposing team targeted them with racist attacks. And racial slurs and attacks have been reported at sporting events all over the place, from Italy to Brazil, Russia to Mexico, and even in the United States. But despite the frequency of these incidents, sports officials have found the problem challenging to address. Sporting leagues in Europe have tried all kinds of things to combat racist attacks, from sanctioning teams whose supporters engage in this kind of behavior to partially closing stadiums which causes teams to lose money. England's Raheem Sterling, one of the targets of last night's attacks, has argued teams should be docked points for their fans' behavior. But some worry changing game results because of off-field behavior just gives races what they want. Attention. One approach popular in Germany involves using state-funded groups called fan projects to show that hateful fans are the minority. These groups are like social workers for young people, aimed at promoting positive messages around sports. And supporters say this approach not only reduces racism at matches, but also anti-Semitism. But culture change takes time. And European soccer officials want a quicker fix. After Monday's incident, they say they're pledging to go on the offensive and, quote, wage war on the racists by punishing offending teams, fans, and players. If you work in youth sports or have been a part of efforts to stop racism and discrimination in sports, we'd love to hear from you about what works and what hasn't worked. Leave us a voicemail at 646-461-6370, and we could feature your thoughts on the show. Let's face it, a lot of us could really use some more sleep. But for some kids, that's now becoming the law. California is about to become the first state in the U.S. to mandate school start times. For middle schools, that means no class before 8 a.m. And for high schoolers, the homeroom bell won't ring until 8.30 a.m. Research says teens should get between eight and 10 hours of sleep. But according to one study, only one in four high school students actually do. And that, increases the risk of obesity, depression, or substance abuse. Critics say changing things up like this might help kids, but could hurt parents who don't necessarily have the job flexibility to drop their kids off at the new, later time. But advocates say this move follows what top health orgs, like the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, have been saying right along. California still has time to work out any kinks. The law won't go into effect until the 2022 school year. So until then, try not to hit snooze. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from your must-read book list. The Man Booker Prize for Fiction is one of the top literary prizes. It's awarded each year to the best work of fiction published in the UK. It's sort of like winning the BAFTA, but for novelists. Now, there are a lot of amazing books that come out every year, and it can be hard to pick just one. In the early 90s, the group that gives out this honor enacted a rule. Only one author gets the prize. No ties. But this year, the judging panel just couldn't help themselves. Sharing the prize for 2019 are Margaret Atwood for The Testaments, Atwood's long-anticipated sequel to The Handmaid's Tale, and Bernadine Everisto for her book Girl, Woman, Other. Everisto is the first Black woman to win the prize, while Atwood is the oldest winner ever to be honored. Already finished with those two books? The Skim's got more options at the ready. Check them out at skim.com/reads. And that's all for Skim this Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add The Skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.